everybody, and welcome to another episode of Lost with Friends. As always, I'm your host, Paul. Joining me today is not a diehard Losty like I've had on pretty much every other episode so far. Today, I'm joined by, well, you know what, why don't you just introduce yourself? I am Melissa, and I am a cousin by choice. And uh, like Paul said, I am not a diehard fan. I'm curious to see more. Okay. Um, Now your sister is a a diehard fan. I'm a diehard Mm -hmm. fan. And Mm -hmm. we've been trying to get you into the show for a while now, a few years actually, to the point where I used to come to your house almost every day just to almost force you to watch the show. But we never really got past the first season, right? No. Um, You know, with kids and scheduling and stuff like that, it's hard. I mean, it's hard getting two people together to begin with, let alone to sit down and, you know, watch a show. You know what I mean? Believe me, doing this type of show, I absolutely know what you mean. <laughs> yes. It's just, it's hard sometimes. It's hard. But uh, you you watched the episode that we're going to be discussing. Like I said, you've seen the entirety of the first season, and I think you're kind of using yeah. this show as a motivation to keep watching, right? Yeah, definitely. So today we will be discussing the episode raised by another and I just w- one of the reasons that I asked you was because I know like I said you're not a diehard fan and I just wanted a little bit of an outsider's perspective on you know especially an episode that uh, at this point an you know a, a first-time watcher or a casual watcher I'm gonna be honest doesn't realize the importance of this episode but it is a very important episode later on for several reasons so uh, I just wanted to get an outsider's perspective on it. Okay. So um, start out with the the Claire dream sequence. Uh, she's not pregnant when she wakes up and she hears the baby screaming in the background. And just this whole sequence, you know, Locke has one black eye and one white eye, which of course is, you know, a huge uh, uh, recurring thing within the show, the black and white, and especially with white. him, what he said in the pilot. Um, she has, she sees on the mobile, the oceanic planes of hanging Mm -hmm. above the crib and then the blood. But there is one thing that I'm not sure I I would assume a lot of, uh, hardcore fans know, but, uh, I'm not sure if you know this, uh, Missy, there's actually a story kind of behind that whole dream sequence at the beginning. Um, and I'm going to go into almost lecture mode at this point. Jack Bender, who was the executive producer and the director of the show, he was the one who was there every day for everything that was going on in Hawaii. He was um, they off uh, the two writers, Damon and Carlton. They often referred to him as their their partner, their third showrunner, because he, like I said, he was the one he would be in charge of all the other directors and. You know, he oversaw pretty much everything day to day actually in Hawaii. And um, when you're doing a show like this, uh, especially when it's in its first season, you want to try to get directors who have done similar shows or who, you know, can can easily adapt to this type of thing and whatever. And the, the woman who, if I'm not mistaken, the woman who directed this episode did episodes of like Buffy and Angel and things like that. So she she had she's been around for quite a while. Um, but she only ever did this one episode of this show because I remember hearing a thing where uh, Jack Bender was talking about how um, she wanted to shoot this opening dream sequence in black and white. And he said, like, that's not because they were still trying to figure out the style of the show a little bit, even this this far in. Mm-hmm. And he said, that's not really how we do things here on this show. Like we, you know, we don't want to present it immediately as this is a dream sequence. Cause if you see something like that, you're immediately like kind of taken out of it. Like, Oh, okay. This is obviously not real because it's in black and white. Mm-hmm. So she, she, you know, she was like, I really want to do this in black. And he said, um, actually at a later point when they were talking in regards to the uh, at the time the final season and people asked him you know like oh is there anything that you've ever had to kind of step in and be like I'm in charge here and he he said that there was one thing with one director which you know refers to this event where it was like the only time he had to kind of step in and say like 
no, like, yeah, you're the director on this episode, but I'm here all the time. I am, you know, in charge of how this whole thing looks. So, yeah, your episode, but it's, you know, like my show. Right. This is one of the only times that he kind of had to step in and say, like, that's, you know, you're, you're, what you want is not happening, you know? Yeah. So I always thought that was interesting, and I always kind of wonder if there was ever uh, a version of it in black and white or if he just kind of stepped in early enough and was like, no. <laughs> well, that, that's a good idea. If there is another version of it, black and white. Yeah. And they shot it both ways. And then they rewatched it and seen what one was better, you know? Yeah. I def I mean, personally, I, I, I think it would be interesting to see the black and white version, but I definitely think that the version that we have, you know, where it's you almost immediately you do get taken out of it of like, okay, wait, this is a dream sequence because she wakes up, you know, she hears the baby screaming and then she wakes up and it's like, okay, she's not pregnant, but she's still on the Island. Something's going on here. Or like, did I miss something? You know? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I definitely, I do like the version that we have. And I think the certain visual cues like uh locks, you know, one black eye, one white eye, I think it works better when it's in color versus if yes. it had been in black and white. Yeah, because you never would have seen the black and white eyes unlock, which, to be quite honest with you, I didn't notice. So I'm going to have to rewatch it again. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice um, that. My next note is that she wakes up screaming and Charlie is immediately there for support. Uh, one of the recurring things on this show, of course, is me talking about how I'm actually okay with Charlie versus everybody else who says that they don't like Charlie. Now, having just seen the first season what do you think about charlie um can i refer back to other podcasts that you've done <laughs> sure okay though um i can't think of her name and i listened to her and she's on the she didn't like charlie at first i can't remember the girl's name that you did it with but i remember her saying that she wasn't a big fan of charlie at first but then after the end she got kind of grew to like him a little bit and i have to agree with her he's all about well i'm in a rock band i was this i do that you know what i mean i don't mind charlie you know he's i mean i don't have a favorite character but i don't know if i remember correctly where the last that we watched it one of your favorite characters was Locke because you sort of had a crush mm -hmm. on him right i did, I did. sure yeah i mean <laughs> where else can you get a man that could kill a boar skin it you know if he could do all that and like just show up with the cooked meat in front of me that that's always a good thing he can hunt he knows a little bit about the outdoors where i'm not outdoorsy so i could see him totally taking care of me totally <laughs> <laughs> i'm like um, shannon i need someone that will take care of me okay I, I know you, and I would have never compared you to Shannon, but okay. Well, I'm not like, not like like her, but yeah, I can't fish. Who the heck is going to fish for me on an island? Because I'm not. Okay, then. <laughs> um, my next note is in the flashback where uh, Claire and her then boyfriend uh, Thomas are, are going and, you know, he says, like, did you do it right? And she says, I can pee on a stick. That line always makes me laugh. It does. You know, I don't think it would be that difficult. I don't know why a guy has to. Oh, and it seems like that's always on TV where a guy's like, well, did you do it yeah. right? And it's like, it's not that complicated of a process. <laughs> It's 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 more complicated not peeing on your hand <laughs> instead of on the stick. That's the way I look at it. There's okay. only one way to do it, you know. I'm you can't from experience. It up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, Claire says that her mother would disown her, and Thomas says she practically has already. Now, uh, I don't want to get too spoilerish, but now, Missy, unfortunately, I'm not sure you know exactly what this is referring to, but diehard fans will know. I think this is a major continuity error within the show. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I haven't seen past the first, so I, I have no idea what that even means. 
Okay, I have Jack happens upon Kate sinking. I thought that was a very sweet moment between those two. Mm-hmm. Um, I have suddenly, it's been a week since Saeed left. Two episodes ago, Saeed left the, the camp. And um, I mentioned it previously how, you know, when I was first getting into the show, uh, I remember reading that everything took place within the first, the first four seasons took place within uh, about 100 days or so. And I remember watching some of these early ones going, how is this possible? Of course, you know, we come to find out later how exactly that is possible. But uh, if it's already been, you know, at the one point it was, okay, it's been a few days. Now all of a sudden it's been a week in between two episodes. The timeline is so wonky on this show sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) They're on an island. So I couldn't even imagine how they kept track of what day it was. Well, I mean, normally a day is from when the sun rises to when the sun sets. That does happen on islands, too, you know. (laughs) Okay, I have Kate seems scared when Jack tells her that Claire is going to have the baby soon. She just has this, like, I don't know how to describe it, but she she just has this look in her eye where she just looks, like, deathly afraid. Kate? Yeah. Okay. Which I'm surprised. I'm surprised Kate looks that way. Why is that? Because she is uh, a go-get-em kind of gal. Because she just seems like she's just like, well, let's do it. Let's get it done. Let's go. You know, there. She seems like she's up for anything. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. oh, you know, this one wants to go fish. Well, Kate's right there to go fish. Why not have a baby on an island? But it is scary. Maybe she's scared because, you know, there are no hospitals, medical equipment, like Jack said, you know, like there's nothing there. Well, I'm wondering if it's more because, um, you know, whenever anybody wants to go somewhere, that's sort of her always run away mentality. She doesn't like to stay in one place for too long, mm-hmm. you know, Yeah. versus uh, a baby is kind of an anchor. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, well, there's a baby coming. So it's like now, you know, like Claire has to stay with that baby or someone has to be watching that baby. And I don't I don't think it's so much her meaning Kate, but I think it's just more that concept of like a baby is state like it makes almost makes you stationary. Yes. Well, yeah, 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 it does. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I have Charlie doing his dear diary thing. I think he's sweet, but he pushes it a little bit too hard in that scene. But I do like the fact that he brings her some tea. And because, you know, he's British, she's Australian. He says something about, you know, uh, what separates us from these savage yanks if we can't drink tea? Uh, Charlie's sweet. He does. I think he really does like Claire. Uh, she just, I mean, the boyfriend left her. So what makes her think that anyone else is going to stay? You know, I think that's why she pushes him away, but he tries. I mean, you got to give it to him. He does try. Well, that's actually my next note. I have Charlie seems like he isn't just looking for a hookup with Claire. Like we, I talked in previous episodes about how, you know, he was flirting with Kate and he was flirting with Shannon. And it seemed like he was just trying to trying to get some because of like the rock star thing. Yeah. But since kicking drugs, he seems like a genuinely nice person. And he he's spending time with Claire. You know, he mm-hmm. brought her the jar you know, to try to, to, to convince her to come to the caves because, you know, he's like, it's safer there. Yeah. And, you know, he just, I think he wants to, you know, protect her. Yeah. Who else can I mean, you know, then when he got off the drugs, it seems like he's, like you said, he's more down to earth. He knows what's happening. Claire's having a baby. Somebody needs to take care of Claire. Somebody needs to take care of the baby. Not that Claire needs anybody to take care of her, but, you know, 
he does. He seems to genuinely, genuinely like her. And right. he is trying to win her, I guess you could say, right? I think so. You know, and that's sweet. I mean, she has somebody there that's willing to help, you know, like have her safe, make sure she comes to the caves and stuff like that. So that's that's the way I look at it. Yeah. So. But then she shoots him down <laughs> a moment later. Harsh. My next note is uh, the fact that she goes to see a psychic, which, as her friend points out, she's into astrology. We know that because a few episodes ago she talked to Kate about, you know, doing her chart and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I think that definitely fits her character that she would be the kind of person who would be like, let me go see a psychic about this baby and about, you know, the guy who offered to meaning her ex-boyfriend Thomas, the one who was Mm -hmm. like, you know, we could do this. We could raise a family. And I just think it makes sense. That she, you know, would say like, yeah, you know what? A psychic. That's that. That'll point me in the right direction. <laughs> I, I may any information maybe she was looking for just to see how things were going to go. If Thomas was going to come back, you know, right. What's going to happen? You know, I guess some people go to them for that. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like you said, you know, astrology. And she would definitely go and say, hey, what's in the stars for me? You know, with this baby. Um, I have, once again, you know, a little spoilery, but I have the fact that her friend says that they haven't told Claire's mom yet. Rather interesting. Um, The psychic got scared doing her reading. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, you know little little odd to me again that's unfortunately a bit of a of a spoilery thing there diehard fans know exactly what i mean by that that was my thing like why was she so scared why did he like i mean this guy gave her her money back and told her to leave (laughs) yeah you know like what did he what did he see did he see somebody else raising the baby and what the baby was going to be like or like i that's what i don't understand like i mean obviously when you're watching it, that's what the suspense is for, you know? Right. So, well, he says that he says a little bit later that he saw blurry and that blurry is bad, you know? Yeah. And personally, I've always wondered if he is seeing the smoke monster, the smoke monster. Yeah. The smoke monster. The smoke monster. That's a little scary. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I have, you know, when Claire is laying down, you know, was that another dream or was it for real? You know, the hand over her mouth and there's that like screeching music and we see a needle and, you know, she just like freaks out right before. I believe it's right before that commercial break would happen, you know, and she just like, Mm -hmm. you know, the moment I'm talking about. I do. I do. I watched the episode specifically today. So I do. I remember. Yeah. Um, I mentioned it in a previous episode, but I have that Locke's friend Ethan is back. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have, uh, you can tell by the look on Jack's face that he's concerned, but not in the way she wants when she's telling him like, oh, you know, uh, he tried to, you know, stab me with a needle and Jack gets this look on his face where he's concerned, but it's more her... Uh, paranoia than you know the fact that something actually happened to her yeah it's it's it seems like he's like oh you know you're going a little crazy now (laughs) that's the look (laughs) yeah the look of oh you're pregnant your hormones are going crazy and you're a little you're a little crazy yourself claire i know i feel bad for her that nobody like believes her but um you know i mean this guy is quiet as a mouse, apparently, whoever it is, and he's not given too many hints of what's going on, and she's not seeing him, and she's not, you know, seeing anything else except for, but the hand in the needle, you know? Yeah. So, it's like, what, you know, Jack's the doctor, and he's like, well, 
you know, stressed and, you know, being on a deserted island for how long, she may be going a little bit crazy. You know, Which, you know, from his point of view, that's that's not very far fetched. No, but we, you know, we as the viewer are led to believe that maybe that's not the case. <laughs> yes, yes, that she really is being attacked. Right. Right. Yeah. So, poor Claire. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I do, I feel bad for her. I mean, Charlie believes her. Charlie's on her side, which is, you know, give that guy an A for effort, you know, sticking up for her. Yeah. So. I have Hurley once again with a good idea. He previously, you know, decided, well, everybody's so stressed out, you know, let's have a golf game. And now, (laughs) once again, he has a a good idea with who is everyone? They've (laughs) all been together and practically they've formed a society or really two separate societies at the caves and the beach. Mm -hmm. But yet they still don't really know who's who around there. Mm hmm. Um, and we also find out that his name isn't really Hurley. It's Hugo Reyes. We find that out for the first time. So that's, I was, you know, that was pretty cool. I like Hurley. I mean, he seems like an easygoing kind of dude and, you know, he, he, he's right. Nobody knows anybody, you know, if I remember he was saying, he called somebody Lance. Was it Lance or Steve or something like that? And it was, totally the opposite guy or something yeah so i mean he's right you know somebody in that camp might be going a little loopy and you should know who you're sleeping next to in the caves or on the beach so i totally understand i get it absolutely um, I have that he comments that someone seems to be getting punched or stabbed every other day but I just love the fact that it's the main characters that are doing all of those things, including Jack, who's like, you know, been like he's telling this to Jack and Jack has been, you know, punching people and and whatever. <laughs> I agree. I agree. It's funny because like it is it's mostly the main characters like Sawyer, uh, Jack, they've gotten into it a few times and then you throw in Saeed in there and. He's gotten some stuff, you know. Yep. He's gone on a couple different fist punches, and yeah, he's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, but he's right. <laughs> um, I have Charlie. Even after being rejected, still is a good friend and promises to stay with Claire. Which, to me, that's the sign of someone who truly cares. That even after they're rejected, mm-hmm. they're like, well, you know what? I'm I'm still still here, still going to be here. I'm not going to, you know, I, I'm not going to say I'm going to be there. And then you reject me. And then all of a sudden, well, you, you know, well, you rejected me. So you don't matter to me anymore. Like he's he's actually he's proving the thing, even if she doesn't believe it. Right. Totally agree with you. Like, like he's, he is totally proving, you know what? We could still be friends. One day, maybe I'll win you over, you know? Yep. And until then, I'm going to still be by your side to help you with whatever you need help with, you know? Yep. So, yeah. Totally. Um, I have, in Claire's flashback, when she's setting up the, the apartment, that she talks about drapes. And I remember reading something that Australians don't really say drapes. I'm not quite sure how true that is i asked some of my australian friends but they said they weren't quite sure what i was trying to ask them so because i think i i think i used the word curtains instead of drapes when i was asking them because i i misquoted the line but i'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure i read somewhere that australians don't really say drapes so, uh, you know, if somebody could comment on this and let me know how true that is or, or untrue, I would love to know, and I will clarify it at a later date. Yeah. I have, now Thomas has a change of heart. What a jerk. Yeah. I mean, like, he's the one who talked her into keeping it, you know, keeping the baby, and now he's like, oh, it's real. What does that even mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like. It... <laughs> 
it was real before. <laughs> it was real when she peed on the stick and knew how to pee on the stick. So yeah, it's it's been real. It's just you know things do change when you have kids. You know. Yeah. Like Claire said, she just got drapes. She never had drapes. You know. Yeah. So well, I, just, I, I, I love his his thing of like, <laughs> what about me and my painting, like. Once you're a parent, it's not about you anymore. No, no. And you are, you like you are a parent, so you know you can tell us yeah. this firsthand. Absolutely, absolutely. I felt bad for Claire when he said stuff like that because in the beginning he's the one who said we can do this, and then she's like, oh, okay, well maybe we can, and then if flash to this point where she's got a bigger belly and yeah it's it's real (laughs) you know things do change you know you can go out for your one month date night once a month (laughs) you know yeah it it changes babies change you and you know some for i mine for the better so very grateful but yeah yeah, he one day he they're gonna was, listen uh, back to that and go, Oh mom, that was so sweet. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did I felt bad for her because he just I I wanna say a, call him a bad name, but I know I don't know if he can do it. So we're just gonna say he's a jerk. He's just a real jerk to her. And that made me feel bad for her. Absolutely. Um, he brings up her daddy abandonment crap, which is the first mention so far of her father. Because before they only mentioned the mother, and, and you know, now we find out about, uh, you know, she has daddy abandonment issues. Which mm-hmm. is three characters, if I'm not mistaken, because daddy issues, of course, especially by the, the title of the next, the episode that follows this, um, we know that, you know... Uh, father issues are a recurring thing on this show and that at this point makes i believe three characters at least who had complicated relationships with their fathers uh jack we know because you know Mm -hmm. like his father told him like you're not good enough Mm -hmm. um claire obviously through this episode you know she her her ex-boyfriend says she has daddy abandonment issues and I would probably put Sawyer in that category because his father, uh, uh, you know, killed his mother and himself. So I would say that would be, you know, I would have an issue, you know, even if it's not one that you can resolve, I would still say there's an issue there. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Back on the island, I have, you know, Hurley going around doing the census, and Locke brings up a good point, albeit jokingly, when he says, who's checking on you? <laughs> you, I know. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, I have that Locke says that what he was looking for found him. We get it as the audience, because we know we saw, you know, you know, he couldn't walk, and now he can on this island, and whatever, and he's he's very peaceful now, and... But for Hurley, that just goes right over his head. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it does. And then the best part, though, is that he turns around and says to, you know, a random extra walking about, you know, I know I already talked to you, but I just need to get away from that guy. (laughs) Um, Actually, here's what makes that line even better is that that wasn't in the script. Jorge Garcia just did that and they liked serious? it and they kept it in. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I do, I heard him say, I already talked to you. I do remember that. I did not hear him say, I need to get away from that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Because <laughs> some people, I mean, um, some people seem like, you know, Locke's a weird guy, you know? Well, I mean, he, to be who's... fair, at this point, what do they know? He has 400, well, 399 <laughs> now uh, knives, 
and he can right. just <laughs> go into the jungle and and randomly kill boar and he can bring it to them and and he's just like always calm and he knows how to do, he knows how to make the dog whistle and you know what I mean like all yeah. that being a dog whistle a physical thing not he can make a dog learn how to whistle that sounded weird when I said it um <laughs> that would be interesting though a whistling dog um yeah true but uh you know he he does all these things so he is he is a little little strange you know yeah yeah i mean you don't know what the man's capable of so people may be a little a little nervous around luck <laughs> i would be <laughs> uh that's why he'd be my friend <laughs> i would get on that man's good side <laughs> with 399 knives and he can come oh, walking out of the... <laughs> um, they're walking and they say that they can't find who who attacked Claire. And Jack finally says what he thinks, that maybe she wasn't really attacked, but Charlie isn't having it. He's like, you know, what? You, no. she's not crazy. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what I was saying before. Like, Jack is totally like, hey, you know, hormones, pregnancy. She's a little going a little crazy. And like, Charlie stood up for her. You know, and, and his main thing was he wanted to keep her safe and she didn't feel safe if she was having, whether it be dreams or not, you know, Charlie, personally, I felt that he did not think she felt safe, you know, right. because, right. you know, I mean, she's sleeping in the caves where people are, they've got to be close together, right? I mean, not like right on top of each other, but like sleeping quarters are tight so somebody else has got to see this or hear it well yeah jack says that at the one point he says you know she was sleeping not even 20 feet away from us how did none of the rest of us see or hear this person that's you know supposedly attacking her right so i mean i can understand from jack's point of view maybe it is dreams nobody's hearing anything nobody's seeing anything you know, and like you said, they're sleeping how many feet apart, 20 feet apart. Somebody's got to hear something. So you right. would pretty much chalk it up to, oh, hey, it's just a dream. And she's having these bad dreams. And that's why I think he thought she just needed a little bit of a sedative. Sedative. Yes. <laughs> so. Um, I have Hurley catches up with Locke's friend, Ethan. He thinks his name is Lance, but still, you know, he's there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have the line, you'd think after a couple of weeks on the island with the same people, we'd all know each other. To which Ethan gives the answer that we now know is incredibly creepy. Yeah, you're right. You would think so. Very scary in retrospect. Yeah. Uh, and then Hurley tells him why he's doing this. Um, Ethan Rom, for anyone who doesn't know, yourself included, Missy, mm -hmm. Ethan Rom is an anagram for other man. Rearrange the letters in Ethan Rom, which he says Rom is his last name, R O M, and it spells out other man. Really? Yes. Go ahead. I know you want to write it down to make sure. Oh, no. I don't have pen and paper. I would. <laughs> <laughs> but I trust you. So Ethan Rom made that name up like right then and there. I think that's just the name that he that he uses. You know. Okay. For his his, you know, mystery things. Mystery things. <laughs> Okay, um, I, I did not know that, so. And then Jack is, you know, it's at the point where Jack pretty much tells Claire that he thinks that she's crazy, and that's when he tries to give her the sedative. And she decides to move back to the beach, which I honestly can't blame her. No. How can you? Again, it goes back to the fact that, you know, there's people sleeping 20 feet away from her and nobody's seen anything. 
Right. And she doesn't feel safe. She's going to go somewhere where she feels safe. She didn't get attacked on the beach, am I right? It only happened at the caves. Right. Right? So maybe that's why she's going back to the beach. She feels safer there. Yep. You know? I have in her flashback, she needs answers from the psychic. So she goes and she gives him money and she says one of my favorite lines. If you're a psychic, why do you have to count it? <laughs> that's, that's, it's a good line. And, you know, and just, he's uh, I, I love the fact that suddenly he has no problem doing the reading. I wonder if she offered him more money to do it. Yeah. I never, I mean, I've seen the, I remember the first time when she went and he told her to go take her money. I wonder what changed. Yeah. Did he, I mean, obviously, I don't know what he's seen in the first time. Did he think it was going to change? Is that why he accepted her money and did it again? You know? Right. I don't, I, I don't know. I, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know. Like, that's weird. I never um, noticed. Like, he did. He took her back in and gave her the reading the second time. I have that he says, danger surrounds this baby, which, of course, you know, on the island we see, maybe not surrounding the baby, but we do see that that's, you know, partly come true. And then he tells her that she must be the one to raise the child. And, like, he gets really scary as he's saying it. Like, he's like, you need to be the one to raise this child, you know? Well, you know, it's funny is that when I watched it before and I was trying to jot down, like, quick things that was one of the things i said like is she spawning the devil like is that why he's like nobody else could raise this baby but you like nobody <laughs> and i'm like poor claire does she have the spawn of the devil inside of her is that why like i couldn't figure it out i'm like yeah yeah well going she by how much of a jerk very... thomas is i mean maybe no true true <laughs> because he i mean He's a jerk. <laughs> that guy's just a jerk. So, yeah. It, it, yeah. I mean, maybe she was the better influence in the baby's life. So, well, that's but, what yeah. he says he is was that kind her of scary goodness needs to be with this child. Mm hmm. You know? Yeah. So, maybe that's, I, I don't know. But he, he was very scary, adamant that she raised the baby. You know, yeah, which good because that other, her boyfriend was a jerk anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, then I have that he won't leave her alone. Like he's calling her in the middle of the night, which is also kind of creepy. Stalking. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know if they do that over in Australia, but stalking. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, if he was scary, adamant when she came in for the reading that she specifically raised this baby uh, he was just making his point known <laughs> by right. calling her at it's, home in the middle of the night it's still creepy though <laughs> it, very creepy <laughs> very creepy i mean i couldn't imagine how did he get her number anyway <laughs> <laughs> Where? right i how did he get a number like she gave him dollars to do a reading not a phone number so right but yeah i, don't know. I mean See, i i never even thought of that question well i mean um, he did know her name though so maybe they have like a directory over there you know well they're not like savages they have like technology <laughs> and you know <laughs> well i'm sure they do i'm just saying like maybe that's where he got her number from because i forgot she did say yeah, they're, they're in they're in Australia, you know, where, where they still like rub sticks together to make fire. <laughs> Missy thinks maybe they have a directory to, on how to get in touch with people. I don't know. I don't know how Australia works. <laughs> I, I don't want to offend heard, any Australians, but I've heard uh, booze is uh, rather expensive over there. That's all I know. You know, and I I, I would say uh, you can potentially meet some Australians if you were to go with me to uh, Lost Seven uh, Twenty Seventeen later this year. But you won't go because you're afraid of afraid of flying. Correct? Terrified. And then you listen. 
we're talking about a show that is on an island <laughs> and I don't want to I, I don't want to be on an island like that that's well, it's not an it's island. Scary. Hawaii, it's believe scary. me, it lo- obviously it <laughs> looks similar because it is the same, but it's not anything like like you know the island. Yeah, I and you know what I would absolutely love to go because to Hawaii I would love to go like to England and Ireland, but I just can't get on that plane. I can't get on the plane. I can't. I, I mean, I understand that, you know, no people way. have certain fears, but I, I would like to, I pointed this out to you a while back when I was actually going the first time, that um, we mm-hmm. are all fans of a show where the basic premise is there is a plane crash. And I would say yeah. like 99% of us went there via plane. So if we can do it, I think you can do it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I just I I don't know. I I I can't even talking about it. I get like a little antsy getting on a plane. There's nowhere to go. Okay. I I think it would be fantastic to fly in an airplane to get to beautiful destinations. I just, nope, not getting on an airplane. Done. (laughs) Never was on one, never will be on one. (laughs) Okay, and then I have where uh, Charlie says to her, so to prove your sanity, you go through the jungle alone. Good point, Charlie. Yeah, good. that's exactly the next point. (laughs) I have good point, Charlie. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you know, you're trying to prove you're not crazy. By running to the beach by yourself, you With know, that bag that's ready. about as big as she is, <laughs> right? Right, and uh, you know, just to prove her sanity, and she's <laughs> carrying crazy. bag, carrying the baby. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So he does. He has a good point, but he um, he slows her down. Yeah. Um, I have your the, apparently the person you compare yourself to, Shannon Rutherford, saying that her residence is Crap Hole Island. I just love that that line. <laughs> I am not. I I meant as in like she's not going to go out fishing. Yeah. She found someone to do it for her. Yeah. That's how I compared because I I'm not going to go fishing. <laughs> You know, so that's what I would try to find somebody else to do it for me, you know? Yep. But no, yeah, Crap Hole Island. That, it's, it's sometimes it's the one-liners that kind of make you just giggle. Yes. Well, actually, <laughs> you know? she has another one a moment later when, you know, Boone talks about the, you know, making their own Patriot Act or whatever, and they say, you know, he, uh, he says that somebody got attacked at the caves, and Shannon Pretty much like the breath isn't even done of saying that, you know, somebody got attacked at the caves and she's like, oh, I'm definitely not moving to the rape caves now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Nobody kind of said it was right. Nobody got raped there. So I was like, what? But then it was, you know, oh, I'm not moving to the rape caves. She's got a good point. I don't think you want to. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so. Um, Staying on the beach would probably be your best bet. <laughs> yeah. I have uh, Boone tells Hurley about the manifest and says who obviously has it, and it's our boy mm-hmm. Sawyer, who, of course, as right. I've stated several times, one of my absolute favorite characters. Right, right. And uh, Hurley tries to cozy up with him, and and Sawyer's like, you know what? Fine. But he still gets a new nickname of Stay Puff. Yes, yes. I... You know, Sawyer's one of those, you love to hate him. Uh, You know, Hurley, like I said, I I thought he was a very chill guy, you know, trying to help everybody out, whatever he can do. And I thought it was kind of nice that Sawyer's just like, yeah, it's over there. Just go take it. Yeah, this one, like, yeah, because he, I mean, which 
there was an earlier one where he he did yell at Hurley, you know, but even he knows like mm-hmm. Hurley's laid back. I don't need to put up a, a fight, you know, I don't need to put up a front with him, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um I have a question that we kind of talked about earlier, but uh, Claire actually says it. And like we, you know, we've discussed so far in this episode how we both really think that Charlie, you know, he is trying to be nice to Claire. He is trying to be a friend and trying to show her that like mm-hmm. he does care about her. But I, the question that I have is, do you think that's partly because he wants to rescue her because of the fact that she's pregnant and doesn't have a man or is it just a genuine he actually likes her because i know there are people out there who you know they will swear to you that they actually like someone but then if you look at kind of what their type is it tends to be you know they they go for the quote unquote damsel in distress type that's a, that's a great question because so far what I've seen of Claire, she's not a damsel in distress. She's no, but he, does he see her that way? <laughs> I hope not because I, I, I don't know. I, I think maybe I, oh gosh, I, I'm going to go with my opinion. I'm going to say, I think he genuinely, genuinely, likes her she's not giving i don't think she's giving off any vibes of being a damsel in distress a person who needs somebody there with her do you know what i mean right so i i think i'm gonna go and say you know when he was flirting with kate in the earlier episodes he's not sticking to kate like glue you know he's right next to claire you know what i'm saying right so I, I, my personal opinion, I think he genuinely likes her. Okay. And wants to be there and help her. That's what I'm, I think. Okay. Um, I have that, you know, when her contractions start and he's like, you're supposed to count the contractions. And he starts one sugar plum fairy, two sugar plum fairy. And I wondered, and I, this is one that I've actually never asked my British friends. Is that something that they say kind of like how we count by Mississippi's? Do they actually say right? sugar plum fairy? <laughs> That's a good question because I thought when he, when I was seeing that sugar plum fairies are at Christmas time for us, right? Yeah. <laughs> Visions of, of like sugar, of yeah, sugar plums sugar or whatever plum dancing in their heads. Yeah, that's a Christmas thing for us. I'm like, is he just saying the first thing that pops into his head? Because he's like, is he nervous? Or is it just, like you said, what is that what they say? Well, to <laughs> be fair, I mean, I've heard people here, you know, it may not be Mississippi, but they may say like one alligator. Like it's just something to yeah. to drag out how long, a, you know, a second actually is. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, And I have that at that point, even she is more level headed and knows that Jack is a better option. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But I, we, I, when you brought that up about him counting one sugar plum fairy, two sugar plum fairies, and she's like, Charlie. And he's like, you need to calm down. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's why I started laughing when you first started talking about it. Cause that was the first thing that popped in my head. I'm like, she looks calm. You're the one who's like, we need to time the contractions. And then he starts counting. You need to calm down, Claire. And I'm like, Well, that's actually a common thing that we see on TV a lot where, you know, uh, something kicks in, it seems, and maybe it does happen in real life. I don't know. But something does Mm. kick in, I think, with with ladies where it's like, okay, you know, this is going to happen. Whereas a guy is like, I don't know what to do. What do I do? You know, I got to start, you know, ripping up sheets and boiling water, you know? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Like they panic more. I think the guys than the actual women who are actually giving the birth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
because it's like, well, because you, you have so many things on your mind and a guy, you know, a guy's never done it. So it's like, well, what, you know, we have to time the contractions and then you need to calm down and, you know. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, then I have the fact that Charlie then spills the beans that he kicked drugs and that's when she gets very serious by going get jack you know mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah i why did he pick that moment to specifically tell her well he says well, i don't think he meant to really tell her but he because he said you know if i can if i can kick drugs i can help deliver a baby and then he realizes what he said and he's like um well what i mean by that is yes i used to be on drugs but I'm clean now. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you kind of like backtracked. I was like, why would you tell her that right then and there? Like, that's not, yeah, that didn't help the situation at all. No, no, because now she's in pain and pissed off at you. <laughs> like, right. No. But I, I mean, like, I understand what you're saying too. Like, you know, like, well, Hey, if I could do that. I could deliver a kid, you know? Well, I think that goes back so to the to the guy's thing of, like, I don't know what to do and, you know, very scatterbrained. So I don't think he yeah. really knew what he was even saying. Yeah. No, and, yeah, I see that. I can – I totally agree with that, too. And I think she just – I mean, obviously, Jack's a doctor, so you're going to feel safer with a doctor. Yep. <laughs> you know? So – Over a drug addict? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Um, in the flashback when she's in the lawyer's office, I wrote down, why is it, at least here in the States, buying a baby is illegal, but if you add a lawyer, suddenly everything becomes fine and dandy? Because it's the same basic concept. Because realistically, like if... Someone, you know, like if you if you decided you wanted another kid, but you didn't want to actually give birth, but you knew someone who was pregnant, you can do mm -hmm. all of those things that they said in this episode. We're going to put you up in a house. We're going to pay your medical expenses. Once you, you know, once you give us the baby, we're going to give you an additional sum of money. And then like the baby is ours. But why is it all of a sudden if you add a lawyer, all of those things are OK. But if you don't have a lawyer, it's like, you can't sell a baby. It's the same basic concept. But you're making it legal with a lawyer. I think that's what it is. Because if that were the case, could you imagine how many babies would be born and just people would give them away? Well, that does happen. And there are There are women who are like, that is their job. They get paid to get pregnant so that they can yeah. so that they can give the baby because you get a lot of money for that. Sure, you can. It's, I, I mean, mean, the way they do it, it is legal, but that is their job. They are, you know, housing for nine months for somebody else's kid. And I don't just mean as uh, I mean, there are some who like to be a surrogate. That is their job. But there are other people who. uh uh, there was an episode of Private Practice where there was a, a woman who was a drug addict and she had kids and they, you know, she would come into their, their not not the actual practice, but in the one of the clinics or something. And she would come in and they would take the baby from her, give her X amount of money. She would go get drugs again and they would take the baby to you know, like a shelter or something because they knew that no matter what, it would live a better life than if it was with her. And she kept getting pregnant because one, she was on drugs and couldn't really, mm -hmm. you know, like prevent that. And two, because she knew she'd get money from it. Right. Well, it's just always it's just weird to me that like certain things you add a lawyer or you add, you know, like a, like a piece of paper that's somehow legally binding. And that same basic concept is like, now it's okay. <laughs> I, you know, when you have a baby, it's a lot of responsibility, you know? And I think if you add the lawyer, add the paperwork, it kind of bows you out 
of that responsibility and you're like tag teaming somebody else to get respond to take responsibility for the baby. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I think that's what it is. It's just the legal papers are saying, this is my baby. You are not taking him back. You know, whether you change your mind in a day, a week, a year, you know, and I'm, I'm going to go with that. I think that's what it is. It, it's just like, you, you're not, you're giving me this baby and you're not taking him back. I have this paper that states, this is my baby. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I gotcha. Makes, so she, yeah, that makes sense. When she was signing the papers and the pen didn't work and she, like she told the parents, you know, the, the couple that she couldn't do it, you know, they were hurt. That paper was pretty much their binding contract to that baby. Now they're not getting it because they don't have the paper. <laughs> yeah, you know. Do you have a? I do have a note about the. You know, you said about the fact that the pen. It's you know a few pens don't work, and many people yes. suggest that this could have been the influence of the island, almost causing that. You know, like the the fact that because you know we we've seen. At various points so far, we know that, like, the island healed Locke, you know, and Mm -hmm. we see definitely later on as the series goes further that, you know, the island almost has a personification. And so a lot of people suggest that that the fact that the pen or multiple pens wouldn't work as the island sort of like setting it up that no matter what, she would be on that plane and she would crash on the island and, you know, whatever. Oh, I didn't think of it that way. I thought of it as her kind of like a sign. Like she told the psychic she's not going to go to Los Angeles, but she's tried to sign it with, like you said, with multiple pens. It didn't work. And then she thought, huh, here's my sign. I need to do go to Los Angeles. That's what I need to do, you know? So I, I didn't know. I didn't think about the island kind of. Well, I mean, I definitely, I think that that's what she thought. I definitely think that it was her looking at it as a sign of like, okay, you know, obviously something is making it so that, you know, maybe I should be the one raising this baby, Mm -hmm. but a lot, like I said, a lot of people, especially in retrospect, finding out what we find out at the end of this, that, you know, where Charlie says about, uh, you know, well, he thinks maybe that the guy actually did know that it was going to crash and whatever. Uh, Mm -hmm. and the people think that that was, uh, you know, like the Island kind of, I don't want to say calling to her, but almost calling to her to be, you know, like setting things in motion. Yeah. Like the Island's got the contract on her and that binding contract. (laughs) She's coming to this island no matter what. Exactly. (laughs) I got her paper. (laughs) I, I, you know, like I said, I just, I didn't think of the island perspective. I thought of as like, she's sitting there and she tried the pens and, you know, she just kind of looked up and she thought, this is like, is it coincidence or is it like my sign? Like my sign is to get, my butt to Los Angeles for this couple, you know? Well, and I think that's, I'm not going to lie. Um, almost anyone who is a diehard fan who listened to this is probably expecting me to say this line after you just said it. Never, as mm-hmm. we know from this show, never mistake coincidence for fate. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have that when Charlie's running in the jungle, he runs into Locke's friend, Ethan, who seems extra concerned about Claire. And then Ethan runs off, but not to tell Jack. Where did he go? He didn't come back with Jack. Uh-huh. Right? I guess you'll have to keep watching. Yeah, won't you? I guess. I guess so. I guess so. Um, yeah. That... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say he's he's just like a creepy man. That Ethan Rom. Yeah. 
Like, oh, you have no idea. <laughs> I, I mean, from this episode, he's just a, he's just weird, like creepy. Okay, Claire explains to Charlie that the psychic tells her to get on the plane, and then Charlie says that maybe he knew, and that throws her totally off, because this is a guy like that she trusted. He like hounded her for how long, and then he perhaps set her up to crash on this island. Like, what a horrible thing. Right. Um, then we see Saeed slowly making his way through the jungle. We know what happened to him in the previous episode. Um, Claire feels okay. False labor, which from what I understand happens to many or most women. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, uh, Charlie, you know, he's like, I told you I'd take care of you. And they, they share a moment. Like I said, you got to give the guy A for effort. He's t- he's by her side, you know? Yep. So. Um, Saeed is back at the caves and he tells them that he found Danielle and that they're not alone. And Locke hears this and seems interested and angry. And then Hurley comes to tell Jack that someone wasn't on the plane and that someone is Ethan. I thought this was a very nice dovetail to these two storylines to lead us into the next, you know, the next kind of big arc of the of the first season. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean absolutely, because now, who is the other people? You know, Ethan's not on the manifest, they find this out, and then... Saeed finds Danielle, so it's like, well, are one of them attacking Claire, or, you know, what's going to happen? Like, what's going out? Yep. What's going on? And then we (laughs) see the final thing. Charlie and Claire see Ethan, who at this point looks extremely creepy, and Claire looks very terrified. And that is how our episode ends. Poor Claire. I, I just feel bad for her in this episode. Like, you know? Yep. I, I, uh, I, I don't know. And Charlie's right by her side, so. And if you notice in that final moment, he actually, like, he has his arm around her because they start walking. And he kind of, like, repositions his arm and almost pulls her in tighter. When they're looking at Ethan yeah. and they're like, you know, well, where's Jack? Because last they know, Charlie ran to Ethan and said, hey, go get Jack. And he's just like, well, where's Jack? Like, because Ethan's here now. And Claire has this terrified yeah. look on her face. And Charlie, like, you know, makes sure to, like, kind of reestablish where his arm is and almost pull her closer to be like, well, hey, you know what? I'm, you know, it's it, it's okay. I'm here, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like reassuring her. Exactly. You know, she must have tensed up or something because, like, you know, he is creepy looking at her. So, (laughs) you know, so it's it's totally understandable. She would tense and he felt that. And he's just like, you know, I'm here. Don't worry. I got you. You know? Yep. So uh, do you have any final comments on the episode? I, I don't think so. I think we did pretty well. You know, I'm going to definitely check out that Hurley thing though. I know I already talked to you, but I got to get away from him because that was pretty funny. (laughs) So now I got to go back and watch again. But no, I think, I think everything got covered. Okay. And um, we are, you know, normally I'll ask people if they're going back in 2017, but you didn't go the first time. You're obviously not going this time. No, I'm going to look for pictures on Facebook and see who you meet this time. (laughs) Because you did meet... uh... Jorge Garcia, yep, met him the last time there. Yeah, so I will live Hawaii vicariously through you all the fans that, you know, take the pictures. Okay. Um, so I think that's just about everything. I would like to thank you for being on the episode. Thank you for 
taking the time out of your busy day. And I know, like I said, I know you're not a diehard uh, Losty fan, and you probably have a lot of questions regarding the stuff that I didn't say or wouldn't say. Um, but hopefully that will get you to, you know, continue watching the show. And, you know, I'm definitely, I want to encourage people in the comments, you know, leave messages for Missy. Tell her like, hey, you know, you know, why you love the show, how great of a show it is. And, you know, encourage her to, to keep watching the show because we could always use more people in this fandom. Definitely. So with that, I will say our traditional closing line of thank you. Namaste and good luck. Hey everybody, it's Paul. If you like the episode you just listened to, make sure you give us a like down below, maybe subscribe to our channel and share it with your friends. Have a great day.